You are listening to the Baby Sleep Answers Podcast, the podcast that answers all your baby sleep questions, but it's also just your friend in your ear here to let you know it's normal to struggle, it's normal to have anxiety, and it's normal to want to sleep more. Good morning, wherever you are. It is, I feel like a radio host sometimes. It is 7.59 a.m. in Dallas, Texas. We have a beautiful, beautiful cold morning. It's kind of crazy, guys. On Saturday, I threw I, I threw a little... Um, Halloween party every year, just close friends, family, and I've, this is our seventh year, which is crazy that we've been doing this. I just go all out on Halloween treats, but anyways, it was on Saturday. It was a perfect weather. Uh, there was rain forecast, and all my friends were like, "Are you going to cancel it?" And I was like, "Don't worry, it's not going to rain for my Halloween party," <laughs> and it didn't. It stopped raining like hours before we were able to set up. But anyways, it was really nice weather, like maybe 75. I don't know. People are wearing a light sweater, but you didn't really need it. And then today, three days later, we have a freeze warning. <laughs> um, and it's just, oh, I love the cold. I just love feeling cold. I love wearing like leggings and sweaters and just being comfy. I don't love <laughs> that it's so hard to get out of the house in the cold. Like just now I was running back and forth, getting my kids their shoes, their jacket, their blanket for the car, their sweater. And yesterday, my my first grader came home with no sweater or jacket, and he didn't even notice. He's just the most. He's just so. We so we have a word in Spanish for it. I think I'm talking too loud. Here we go. Uh, he's very despistado, and despistado in Spanish just it doesn't mean like clueless because it's not like. Well, I guess it's kind of like clueless. But anyways, yeah, we got in the car, and he was like, "Oh, I don't have my shoes. Oh, I don't have my lunchbox. Oh, I don't have my jacket." And it's like, what did you get, honey? So I was just running back and forth. We have a fun system in the morning my brother-in-law takes the kids monday tuesday wednesdays and so and he has to take my van because we have the four car seats it, it's, it's a whole deal but anyways um so it was just a fun chain of events that i just wanted to share with you guys so i ran and got my first year old my first grader his jacket and his shoes and his lunchbox buckled up my four-year-old was complaining he was cold because he was cold <laughs> put a blanket on him closed the van door ran out the door snuck past joe playing with my two-year-old walked you know, my sister lives right next door, so I walked a few steps just barefoot in the cold and breathe um, my breath. And I saw my breath, and I thought of when my sister and I lived in Madrid. In high school, we would walk a lot in the morning to school, and we would just call each other dragons. And it was our little thing <laughs> as we battled depression because we had just moved to, to Spain from Brazil, and we kn we didn't want to. And all, all these feelings of just joy at the cold came back. And so I wanted to share that. And then I came to my sister's house and opened her door and saw her eating breakfast. And she made some sign <laughs> at me, telling me basically with her hands and her eyes not to look at the twins. Because my two little twin nieces are playing in the playroom. And if they see me, they will be upset because I don't play with them. They're so cute. Um, or they'll be upset because I walk past them. So she, she very clearly told me not to play with them, not to look at them in the eyes. So I just snuck around them. Um, and they didn't see me it was so sad um and then I walked upstairs and into my brother-in-law's office where he has all his podcast stuff he lets me use and here I am telling you guys all of that I don't know why I don't know what it is and I think about this a lot um <laughs> this is not the topic of the podcast but I just want to share all these thoughts in my head I think us as humans we just have this innate need to share things and you know that's why social media is you know what it is people sharing stuff and like if I see something beautiful I just want to share it with someone and I have to stop myself sometimes and just be like just enjoy it but 
but I don't know. I remember in fifth grade, <laughs> wow, this is going everywhere. I hope you're enjoying this this memory lane trip. I had Mrs. Hully, one of my best teachers I've ever had. And she was very close to a lot of native Brazilian tribes. And she made an effort to reach out to them and be a part of them and make them. She had a lot of community service projects that she did by herself. She was Brazilian. And she remembered taking a picture of one of them one time and she said something like I don't understand why you have to put everything down some things are just meant to be enjoyed and appreciated by yourself and to stop taking so many pictures and this was back in what 2000 when people didn't have smartphones but I just think this is innate like there's that's why there's poetry that's why there's art we just want to capture things and share it with others maybe it's part of us wanting to you know be immortal and and make a mark on this world but I think part of it is just like I don't know, like I was walking around breathing and I could see my breath and I was just like, oh, I'm going to tell this to my podcast listeners because it's so fun. Anyways, this is probably the most tangential opening to a podcast that I've done. And so I'm not going to delete it because it's just who I am. Now, the topic is when should you sleep train? (laughs) I can't even think of a good bridge to it. So I'm not going to. So let's just jump into it. A lot of people ask me, how do you how do you know when you have to sleep train or when do I have to sleep train or even do I have to sleep train? And obviously my question, my answers are always not very specific, like on the fifth day of their fourth month kind of thing. It's more you just always work towards best baby's best sleep. And that means family space, best sleep. Sorry, I'm tripping over those words. You're always working towards the best sleep for the family. And so whenever you realize that what you're doing, helping them sleeping is not working, that's when you might want to do a bit more of traditional sleep training, meaning you let them sleep by themselves. Um, And that could be as soon as you get home, you know, with a newborn. I've talked about newborn sleep. Check out my first four week series. That can be the first day you get home, you decide, okay, I'm going to try and see if he can fall asleep by himself. And then if he doesn't, that's okay. We'll try again tomorrow or the next day or the next day. But that can also mean at eight months, you're waking up every two hours because baby's so used to you for every sleep. And that's when you decide, you know what, buddy, you need to fall asleep by yourself. So it's not like there's a specific timing when you have to do it. There are times when it's easier to for example when they don't have separation anxiety peaking or when they're not uncomfortable when they're not sick those are probably the best times to try it but you know I had a a meeting with a client yesterday and she was crying as soon as we met she said I just never wanted to sleep train and you know baby's crying for 40 minutes right now and I never wanted that to happen and so I had to talk her down be like you can cry cry with me but follow your gut if there's something here telling you that's not what you want dial it down see what you can do can we avoid all crying no of course not it's it's life people are gonna cry I cried yesterday with her but you have to just when you have a way of doing it when you have the right method and you know you baby needs more independence in their sleep that's the right time to do it so one one sign that your baby would benefit from sleeping independently I think that would be helpful uh, is if they're waking up every two hours and won't fall back asleep until you do what you did at the beginning of bedtime. So let's say you rock them to sleep every day at seven and they're up at nine asking to be rocked and 11 asking to be rocked and then one and two and three. That's probably a good sign that they really just need to learn how to do it themselves because they're not sleeping well. They're just not getting that extended sleep on their own. Another sign is if they're consistently waking up at 4 a.m., and 5am because they don't have that skill of going back to sleep on their own and they're you know if you're helping them at the night at the beginning of the night 
But I do want to go back to that client I was telling you that I was talking to yesterday because I was like, no, you don't, you don't have to put it with, up with that much crying. She was saying, you know, for they, so basically they slept train and baby's just falling asleep without crying. Now he slept, he cried 15 minutes the first night, 10 minutes the second night, and then never cried again. Now he's just falling asleep by himself. But now, and she said, now he's getting up early and his naps are not as long as they used to be. And so I backtracked with her. I asked her a few questions of how much he'd slept before, what his naps were like before. And I was like, was he by any chance waking up in the middle of the night before you slept? And he's like, oh yeah, so much. We had so many split nights. And so I realized this was a case as most of the people that come to me are. Um, I just kind of attract low sleep needs babies of a low sleep need baby. Now that he was falling asleep by himself and taking one long stretch, he didn't need as much sleep in the day, right? He he had been taking his night's sleep into his naps, which were held by parents. And now that he was sleeping so long at night, he just didn't need that much sleep during the day. And so since they were trying for long naps, they were there was just a lot of crying, right? So I told her that those short naps that you're having, that might just be all he's got because he's giving you such long night's sleep now, just straight. And when you force that longer nap after lots of crying that's why you're getting early wake-ups because now he can consolidate his sleep but he runs out of sleep so he's getting up at 5 a.m instead of 7 and that gave her a lot of peace and that helped her a lot and that hopefully helped her feel not crazy after so many days and weeks of just not knowing what's going on we buckled down and we realized we specific uh, we found specifically how much sleep this baby needs and we were able to come up with a schedule that works but that's part of it too. I You don't want to sleep train until you know your baby specific needs. For a lot of people, that's really easy because you have an average sleeping baby. And so you just look at the guides and you just do it and bam, it kicks in and it works. For a lot of other babies, that's it's just not that simple. I'm working, I was I started in October working with six families. Now it's just three because I'm done. I've helped two of them or three of them. Um, and I was talking to one family last night because we are not sleeping through the night yet. And it took us two and a half weeks to figure out baby sleep. It's a very, very specific sleep schedule, like a, a schedule that I have not come across in seven years. And I told them that I said, you have a very unique baby and that's why it's taken us so long. And hopefully this gives you a little bit of, you know, you understand that you're not failing that you hadn't figured this out. Like I have a lot of experience figuring out very specific schedules and this was a really difficult one for me. But now baby's falling asleep by himself. And even now we're having a hard time with a lot of different things, but it's because I don't work with cried out. I don't just work with fervor, right? Just put them in there, stop crying and they'll sleep all night. No, one that doesn't work for babies that aren't average sleep babies. Um, and two, that's just not the way I like to do things. I don't like to train babies to stop asking for help. I want them to ask for help when they need it. I want to teach them not to need it or not teach them. I want to help them not need it. Anyways, <laughs> convoluted way of saying the right time, the right time to sleep train is when you, one, you know, you need it for your family. Two, you know what you're doing. And three, you understand your baby's sleep needs, their, you know, their temperature, their routines and everything, but very specifically, how much sleep do they need in 24 hours? And are they getting it or are they getting too much of it? So that is my convoluted answer, plus a little trip down my memory lane to answer the question, when should I sleep train? If you have more questions or more topics that you'd like to see, I have a whole list of my own topics, but sometimes someone will send me a topic and be like, oh, that's so much more interesting than what I had planned. So be sure to send me that either on Instagram, babysleepanswers.com, no, mm, instagram.com slash babysleepanswers, 
or on our website, babysleepanswers.com slash contact, and you'll be talking directly to Joe. Or just go to babysleepanswers.com slash podcast to get any of our freebies. And I think there's a contact button button <laughs> there as well. All right. I hope you have, it's actually Halloween today. So I hope you have a wonderful Halloween. I hope you get all the candy that you wanted if your kids are going trick-or-treating and that they have a wonderful time and that you all sleep a great sleep tonight. <laughs>